This podcast is dedicated to the proposition that every Christian should be a constant and devoted reader of the Bible, and that the primary business of the church and its ministry is to lead, foster, and encourage people in this life-changing habit. Good morning, folks. Uh, we are back again in Acts 1 through 6, is it? 1 through 7. seven. seven yeah. 1 through 7, and uh, we're picking our way along as we normally do, as Judah says, you know, where there's so much, as he likes to say, packed into every verse, and we like to explore it. With us today, we have Ben, our great tech guy. We have Mike, we have Johnny, myself, David, and Lenny to my left. And we're going to dig right in now. What did anybody come up with during this past week of reading or dwelling on Acts, which was written by Luke, Acts 1 through 7? Well, I've been going back to my paper Bible lately. Oh. I've been feeling the, oh, the analog instead of my, oh. I've been, for the past year or so, I've been pretty heavily Holy leaning. Holy roller over here. I know, that's right. Dave's <laughs> giving me the high five. You guys can't see, but yeah, high fives from Dave. Um, I've been going back to my paper Bible because there's a lot more information in this Bible. This is a New King James Version that I'm reading from. It's my go, just grab it quick and read Bible at home. Um, and I know that we're doing one through seven, we're approaching the stoning of Stephen, which we will get to, but I just wanted to go um, into my paper Bible and read the first paragraph here, because these this old paper Bible, this old New King James, it gives you more information. Like when we were doing the Minor Prophet series, it was telling me like what the um, the meanings of the prophet's names were mm, before you yeah. even entered it. Um, yeah, so, like so, an introduction. And yeah, all exactly. Yeah, like yeah, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I'm going to keep going. Um, Where are we, Johnny? Tell everybody. This is this is the book of Acts, chapters one through seven. But I'm not even going to go into scripture yet. Oh, I'm just going to oh, read okay. like the, the 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 preface, if oh, you will. Okay. Right? Okay. okay. Beautiful. So Jesus's last recorded words on earth are a supplement to the Great Commission: "You shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, into all of Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth." Right. The book of Acts, written by Luke, is the story of the men and women who took that commission seriously and began to spread the news of a risen savior to the most remote corners of the known world. That's what I read today and I was like so moved by it because I think like, am I taking the great commission seriously? Am I taking like mm -hmm. attending church seriously? And not just attending church, but like, I quote JFK because he says, you know, think not or not ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. Mm. And that idea that that makes the nation great. That's good. It's like, yeah. am I just attending church or am I going to help out at church? And I don't mean like just hold the door and smile and wave at people, but I mean the real spiritual work of praying for people, fasting in praying for people, and not just like people at church, but starting in my own home, in my own marriage, my own family, sure. my extended relatives, sure. and then my church family, sure. right? And being like really attentive to the needs of not just the believers, but the unbelievers or the doubters who walk through those doors, right? Mm -hmm. So taking my walk with Christ seriously, the way these men and women in the book of Acts began to take it so seriously that it would eventually lead to their utter persecution unto death, like literally publicly mocked, ridiculed, arrested, beaten, tortured, stoned to death, just executed for, for taking the Great Commission seriously. Yeah. I want to springboard off of that yeah, and, and, and pose a question to everybody at the table and anybody that might be listening. You know, talking about what Johnny just said about the commission, I often think about that. I, I sit what I do is when I'm in reading the Bible, I, I think I've told you guys this before, I, I try to put myself in, the, in, the, in that time, in that, that period, that culture. So I was picturing myself 
Okay, here's these apostles. They're, they take the commission seriously, as you said. That's all they did. And I'm thinking to myself, again, along the lines of what Johnny said, and I ask you guys this, what happened? What happened from the time of the apostles where the commission was their entire life right until, as Johnny just said, mm. they got persecuted, mm. uh, cru crucified, killed in all sorts of different ways. What happened with Christianity that today, look at us, we, we go to church on Sunday night. I, I talked about Lisa mentioning Lisa when she was giving her prelude uh, two Sundays ago about being a Sunday Christian. What happened to us, and I don't mean just us at this table, but sure. any of us that are Christians, what happened to us that we're not like the apostles, that, as Johnny said, we don't take the commission as seriously as them, that life gets in our way, everyday life, because we've got to go do something. We're thinking right now, okay, when I get done with Bible study, I've got to go do this. I've got to go paint the church. i got to go do it. We're doing that. Or why aren't we thinking like, they are here, the believers, the early believers. I'm asking you this question. You can take it rhetorically or you can take it seriously. I'm gonna take it Why? literally here. Go ahead. Okay, so there's two things that I wanted to address, right? The About what you're saying is these people walked with Jesus. They ate meals with Jesus. They, they witnessed miracles or performed miracles by his name. They were the closest people to Jesus Christ. God among us in the flesh, the, the beloved son of the most high that was prophesied in, in the ancient days that this would be the person who would unite the Jew, the Gentile, or the, the, the Israelite into one humanity and live according to what God wants for them, which is to operate out of loving God with everything we have and loving our neighbor as ourselves. So that being said, it's like taking the Great Commission seriously, these disciples are doing it all the way on to death. And not just them, the, the number of disciples was multiplying, as you see in Acts chapter 6. Um, in my LEB, it's titled, The First Seven Deacons Are Appointed. And that's because they were so focused on the Great Commission, they didn't have time themselves to deal with the lesser disputes. But just like Jesus, they went out of their way to make a solution for those people and appointed other brothers that were full of the Holy Spirit to address the injustice but that was happening. But they kept the same urgency that Jesus had. Exactly. And, that, yeah. and, and that's my point. So you, you see all these guys. So who am I going to listen to first and foremost? God and Jesus, then the prophets and the disciples who walked with Jesus. Am I going to listen to some guy who says they're a Bible teacher or some guy that claims they're a pastor? Not necessarily. I'm going to trust the Holy Spirit to give me ears to hear and eyes to see and be a Berean and compare everything that they're saying to scripture. So I'll give you a good example. In the New Testament, Jesus himself was baptized in the River Jordan by John the baptizer, right? And then his disciples went on to baptize many more as John and his disciples were already baptizing. But you have people out here that are like, oh, you don't need to be baptized. And it's like, Jesus himself was baptized. And I'm not saying for salvation, so don't, don't get it twisted. I'm not saying for salvation. Salvation comes from God's grace through our faith, and that's it. End of story. Jesus alone. God alone. But my point is, is that being baptized is a part of your sanctification. It's a part of your walk. So I'm going to listen to some clown who's like, oh, look at the thief on the cross who didn't, he wasn't baptized. Or am I going to listen to what the disciples said, which was repent and be baptized and receive the Holy Spirit? Am I going to go by what the scriptures say? That, that the word became flesh and dwelt among us? That's John chapter 1 verse 14. Or am I going to listen to just Joe Schmo on, on my YouTube sidebar? Because he's going to have better theology than my Bible? I think not. So my, my goal in reading Acts has been 
to get back to the scriptures and hold fast to them and take seriously the Great Commission mm -hmm. and take seriously my walk. That's the problem is people are influenced by not the Bible. That's oh, my okay. point. They're All influenced right. so by I'm pop culture. I'm trying to get to your point, Johnny, yeah. there, because my question was yeah. what happened from the early believers you know, that, that's all they did right up until they got persecuted and, and, and faced death. And, and that's all they did was follow the commission. Again, my question is, what happened to us today? What happened over time? You're saying, okay, what? The, the, other influences. Okay, like other Judah, influences, Judah yeah. gave a sermon so, on Ezra and Nehemiah about building walls, yeah. okay. right? And how it's important that we have, that we protect our heart and that we, that we build walls because you can't just let, like you lock your doors at night, right? Like you don't just let anybody come into your home. Right? It's the same thing spiritually. You have to have some level of discernment. And it's an open book test. We have the Bible right here to be the filter for any garbage that tries to make its way into our hearts or our minds or our lives. But if we're not putting the filter in, it's like, it's like brewing a pot of coffee. You don't put the filter in, what happens? You get all the stuff you don't want in there. Because right down to not only uh, the two people that, you know, can't, you know they, they make a specific example of them, you know, trading in all their possessions and keeping part of it. But every one of them, it was a community affair. What do we do today? Whether it's Thrive Church or any church out there, any, any church of faith, uh, are we, as I mentioned before last week and then just now about Lisa in the prelude to the sermon two weeks ago, are we Sunday Christians? Are we, or are we doing this commission? Are we following this every commission day. Every, every day, Johnny? Yeah. Exactly. Are we doing it? And what's happening? Life is getting in the way. And how do we prevent that? How do we walk out of Thrive Church? Judah gives a stirring uh, sermon, and we're all pumped up. And then two hours later, four hours later, the next day, later. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's gone. And, and now we're back to, to work or back to, oh, I got to mow the lawn. I've got to do this. Got to take care of the, the babies crying. And how do we keep that commission on our mind? That's my question. Yeah, they were, they were physically persecuted, but I feel like modern day Christianity, like we're afraid of being like verbally persecuted. So we live quietly. We, you know, we, we, we study the Bible. Maybe we keep it to ourselves. Yeah, at least for me, when I grew up, uh, the way I grew up, I had the knowledge of Jesus, but only didn't have a relationship with him. So every time I went to middle school or high school, like I claimed that I had a relationship with Jesus, but I was afraid to like act on that in public or around my peers or around my different friends. And then what ended up happening was I astrayed from the gospel. I always kept it hidden in my heart, but because I was too nervous to show that I was a Christ follower, I started to apply myself and place myself into different people groups and I, I, it led me astray, right? So again, I, what, what's, what's fascinating uh, is that the same boldness that the Pharisees were showing and trying to tell the, the apostles like, hey, enough with, you know, in Jesus' name, you can't say that anymore, um, is the same boldness, boldness that you're seeing in today's society, whether it's on social media, on the news, like uh, public schools, wherever it is, like, they're kind of trying to take God up out of the equation. Mm -hmm. And then again, we're, we're quiet. We're quiet. We're not, we're not, we're not being like Peter here. We're not right. Yeah. That is exactly my point. If you look at Christianity as a whole and the churches and, and Judah is involved with a lot of different pastors and has meetings with them. I know I read about this throughout our country. A lot of these churches, a lot of these faith based scripture based, they're, they're not, they're not out there preaching the commission. They're letting things like, you know, and again, bringing this up, the, the transgenderism, the, the critical race, all of these things that are against scripture, and they're not saying anything about it. They're being quiet about it. And, and I, I have a problem with that personally. 
I think everything can be used as a tool for the kingdom. I really do mean that. Like, like some people are, are anti-gun, some people are pro-gun. And now, or it's, it's the same thing like spoons, right? Like spoons can make you fat or spoons can give you medicine. You know what I mean? It could be a scoop of your vegetables or it could be a, a scoop of toxins, right? And so like, it doesn't matter if it's politics, you can use politics to advance the kingdom, right? You can use politics in a God-honoring way, but you can also wield them in a terrible way for the enemy. And the same thing goes for any other culture that's out there. Like there are people that are in the LGBTQ plus or whatever it is community who are, that, that are literally have been born again, who are literally preaching the gospel in these dark remote corners of the earth where no one else will go, right? And how, how quickly I see people online bash people that are coming out of same-sex attraction or, or transgender ideology, these people that have been touched by the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. who have repented and turned towards Jesus and they're going to Jesus for their identity now. And all these Christians are just throwing stones, man. They're throwing stones or they're crucifying them. And I'm thinking, what happened to the grace that God showed you? Yeah. Do you not have God's grace? Because that's, that's what we're called to do, right? Love God, love our neighbor as ourselves. But how do we do that when we don't agree with what people mm -hmm. are doing? Well, Jesus didn't say you have to agree with everybody, did he? He said you have to love everybody. Mm -hmm. So we have to have this buffer zone of remembering of what God has done for us and then being imitators of Christ. Because if we don't do that, then we're falling way, way short in the Great Commission. Because who's going to listen to you if you're waving your finger around in their face like turn or burn as you, know, you guys make the joke often? That doesn't lead anybody to Christ. Yeah. The, the, the first time I went to Thrive, Lenny did the closing and he did a, talked about how church is like a hospital. You don't have to be healthy. You don't, you, you're not healthy when you go to the hospital. So using that analogy, Jesus is the doctor. We are the nurses. Nurses are there to take care of the patient. The doctor is there to take care of the disease. If somebody comes, it's not our job to fix them. Our job is to lead them to Jesus, and it's Jesus who fixes them. Like the shirt I'm wearing right now, it says, we break it, and Jesus fixes it. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great shirt. So th th I guess that's my point, right? That's, yeah. I've, I've heard the hospital um, like metaphor analogy or whatever before, but I've also heard like the shower one. You guys familiar with this? Where like you don't need to get cleaned up before you go take a shower. You yeah. go into the shower to go get cleaned up, and it's the same thing. And, and I guess that's my point. You know, I'm talking about having zeal and the boldness of the apostles here where they're so task oriented, they're so focused on the Great Commission because they just watched Jesus float off in a cloud. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like, we're still in the Great Commission right now. We're still part of this since mm -hmm. the days of Pentecost. Mm -hmm. But are we going out with this type of veracity for loving people and healing people and showing grace and mercy and pointing them to Jesus? Yeah, oftentimes like Dave, you brought it up a, a lot of our sessions and it's uh would there be enough evidence to be persecuted you know for the name of jesus and i, w I couldn't help but to think about this over and over again when the last week uh, uh and i'll put it together in acts uh, chapter 5 verse 25 you know how i've always mentioned there's always someone paying attention right then it says then someone arrived with startling news the men you put in jail are standing at the temple teaching the people they're frustrated because they already told them not to do what they were doing and that's you know professing the name of jesus if you go down to the bottom of chapter 5 verse 41 the apostles left the council rejoicing that god had counted them worthy to suffer disgrace for the name of Jesus, right? And then you're saying, so where is that same urgency for the Great Commission? Where they knew that they were being like, they were like, they, they, they were like, this is it. 
like we all, we were in it. Like this is what we're doing. They were in dangerous territory, not afraid, standing their ground, professing the name of Jesus, proclaiming the name of Jesus, and they couldn't do nothing about it. And so I guess my question might be to add to what is like, what do, what do our daily lives look like? Are we having that same urgency for the Great Commission? Is um, like, what is persecuting us now? Like, are we persecuting you? Are we persecuting ourselves? Like, right? Are, are there certain sins? Are we not reading the Bible? Are we not praying? And, and honestly, we have so much access, more access now. And like, and Judah even preached this past weekend, like the game's rigged. Yeah. Are you playing against God? Or are you playing with God? <laughs> like he won. Yeah, yeah. it's in his favor. He's winning. You, you make a good point. We have so much opportunity now. The, these men, these early believers and disciples and apostles, they risked their lives basically every day going out there. They, they didn't know when they were going to kill. Look at Stephen got stoned, got you know, t martyred. Uh, and, and so we have such great opportunity because we're in a free country. As far as we know right now, we're in a free country. We still have freedom of speech and religion. Mm -hmm. uh, we've talked about martyrs in other countries where they can't do that. We can do that. But I, I think, for me, I start to think about it. Why and answer the question. I try to answer that question too, John, that I've put out to everybody here. Why aren't we like the early believers? And I think it's, for me, a matter of priorities. What is yeah. our priority? Exactly. You know, and I ask myself, what's my priority? I go, okay, is my priority doing this commission every day and then everything else will fall into place. And, and I try to think about doing it. I, I really do. And I'm not great at it. I, I try to think about it in my daily, you know, as I'm going to my work, I say, okay, I get up in the morning, I say, okay, I got to remember that God is the most important thing in my life. And then somehow somewhere during the day, it falls away. And I, and I forget, I mean, I don't forget God cause I'm always praying, but I'm not doing that commission all the time. I get taken away priorities, priorities. What's my priority? Why is my priority God all the time? This, that's my answer. I, I... Well, that, that verse that Lenny read, uh, 41, if you back up to 40, you know, it says the others accepted his advice. He's talking about uh, Gamaliel, of course. It says they called in the apostles and had them flogged. So first off, I would venture to say none of us have ever been flogged for the gospel. I mean, we've never, like, somebody says, I'm going to beat you up, I'm going to whip you, whatever, flog you, beat you with sticks, because you're preaching the gospel. So even there, I mean, and in, in, in this culture, that was actually, like, a low punishment, you know, comparatively to what they could have had. But here they bring them in, they, call, they bring the apostles, have them all flogged, then they order them never again to speak in the name of Jesus, and they let them go. And then, verse 41, what Lenny read, the apostles left the high council rejoicing that God had counted them worthy to suffer disgrace for the name of Jesus. So they're, they're excited the fact that they, they were able to, to get beaten up a little bit here for the name of Jesus. Then verse 42, And every day in the temple and from house to house, they continued to teach and preach this message, Jesus is the Messiah. And, and that strikes me because, I mean, you've got the temple, which is public, and you've got house to house, which is maybe more private. So they didn't just go underground here. They didn't just go, oh, we're just going to go in the houses now. They're still out in the temple. And it says when every day 
they're in the temple. What what ha happened to them? They just gotten beaten and they just got told never do this again. Turn around, do it instantly. And they turn around and they do it again. And, and here's the thing: so many people, it's like you know, they, somebody alludes to a boss alludes to, well, we really don't want you talking about Jesus here, and and it's like, okay, I'm sorry, I don't mean to offend anybody. And it's like, we just backpedal so easily. I'm not saying we should be jerks about stuff. Like, don't get me wrong. But it's like in this world or, or somebody's like, you know, uh, they're, they're, you know, we don't want to talk to our friends about it because we don't want to risk offending somebody. We don't want to talk about our faith. We don't want to bring up the name of Jesus. We don't want to this. We don't want to that. We, we don't want to whatever. And, and here these guys were like demanded, don't do this again. And they're like, no, we're, we're going to. And so it just kind of like that contrast to me of like how easily we can be dissuaded mm -hmm. of ever talking about the name of Jesus. It's like so easily dissuaded versus these guys who were demanded not to and say, you know, we'll, we'll give you more floggings if you do this or, or worse. And they're like, okay, cool. And they just go out and keep doing it. I had showed Lenny, I mean, I, I, that verse, I want to read it again, 41. We're, we're, this is chapter 541 for anybody following. Again, my book says the apostles left. Uh, <laughs> this is the third time we're reading. The apostles left the high council rejoicing. Right. That, I, I don't know what the Greek translation. I, I'm sure there's several different words. I didn't look it up, but I highlighted. I go rejoicing. Think about that. They were rejoicing. Why? That God had counted them worthy to suffer disgrace for the name of Jesus. Right. They're rejoicing over that. And I'm thinking, all right, and here today, to go back to today, as you're talking, Jude, I'm thinking, all right, I read stories about a young girl in school. She's at lunch break reading her Bible, and, and, and they tell her she can't do that. I, I, you know, or somebody talking about Jesus or prayer in the classroom, which is long gone. All of that, and I'm thinking, it, you know, it, I, I own my own business. I get to do whatever I want. But you're, you're in school, you're in workplace where you're working for someone else, and, and you can't do these things. And these folks, as Judah pointed out, got flogged and rejoiced in it and then kept on doing it. Yeah. Well, you, you think about today's uh, society, we've been talking about this, actually, this has seemed to be a, a theme all week, mm. is um, so if you're at your job and you're reading your Bible at your lunch break, somebody can go and complain and your manager will come up and say, you're making people uncomfortable, can you stop reading that? Yet if somebody came in and they were doing something or dressed a certain way that you, as a Christian, found offense to, and you went to your manager and said, well, so-and-so is making doing, me uncomfortable. Yeah. Is making me uncomfortable, they'd like, well, you need to be more inclusive, inclusive yeah, and more accepting, yeah, exactly. and it's, it's up to you. You're the one who has to make the change. It's always you. And, sure. but yet we're the ones who are on the top, and because of that, we're allowed to be hated upon. That's that's. Hey, listen, listen. We should be rejoicing if that's the case. Is what yeah. this is telling us in in Acts but that's the five. And then that's the, but that's the excuse that but, they use. But we're it's not. Like, Instead, of we're complaining, right? Yeah. That's what we're doing. We're sitting around in our little bubbles, complaining that yeah. someone told us that our Jesus Jesus T-shirt or Bible was offensive, yeah. rather than just keep doing it. It's because we're not seeking the kingdom of God first. Well, that, that's, I think that's definitely part of it. So, for example, I work in a pretty Christian-friendly environment, believe it or not, and I've even been asked, which obviously there was other people complaining about it that I work with, but to, like, tone it down. And you guys know me. I'm the, I'm the kind of person. I'm so on fire. <laughs> listen, listen. Laugh it up, Chuckles. Laugh it up. Listen. All right? So I'm the kind of person that I'm so on fire for Christ when I am, right, 
that it's like you try to get a sip from a fire hose. I'm the fire hose, bro. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong though, right? Isn't that how I am, right? You can't come and just get a little, a little, a little sip or a little drop on your tongue. I'm like full blast fire hose. So oh, yeah. I've even had brothers in Christ approach me and be like, hey, listen, you gotta, you gotta tone it down. And instinctively, the, it was like the Holy Spirit just prompted the download and was just like, do not quench or stifle the Holy Spirit is what came out of my mouth. I didn't have to think of it. I didn't have to come up with a clever argument why I should be allowed to do it. But let me tell you something. When I met that resistance, when the Holy Spirit prompted me and that just came out of my mouth, I've never had a problem since. It's like the idea of the perseverance of the saints. Like, we're going to go up against odds, but are we going to let it shut us down a flogging? Right. Uh, are we going to arrest down? Yeah, yeah, no, we just keep going. Put and out the fire, not fan the flame. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, so when we do go up against opposition, we should be celebrating and we should be pushing forward to the to the to the task at hand which is the great commission yeah he, you know he here's uh just an interesting statistic i was looking at this is from last year so it's referring to the year prior which is 2021 but in 2021 roughly 5600 5600 christians were murdered for their faith in the world 6,000 were detained or imprisoned 4,000 were kidnapped and more than 5,000 churches were destroyed I mean, by far, the number one most persecuted religious group in the world and in history is Christians, like by like a m major factor. And yet we're the ones that have to be inclusive, yeah. you know, because again, it's like you look at the across the world, it's like it, Christianity is under persecution. We live in a place where, where it's not so much. But like you said, I mean, it's like there's there's these temptations and there's these um uh, influences that people don't want us to because there's power in the name of Jesus and it, and it makes people feel uncomfortable, but it's like, are we willing to stand up for it? And, and I'm not saying stand up being, being a jerk, you know, yeah. because th there is a difference, you know, cause I, I've seen people take it the wrong way. Be like, well, burn. yeah, it's just like, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a jerk even more than I was before. And it's like, well, that's not what we're talking about here. <laughs> we're talking about love. Yeah. It's like, we're and talking the gospel. about love and, and really, you know, just being willing to, to talk to people, but you attract more with honey, more flies with honey or something. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, it's like, are, are we willing to, uh, to take a stand for, for what we believe? Are we willing to, to speak, um, to people or, or not? And, and it's, and there's a temptation, even, even like in other situations, right? Because I mean, you know, I mean, uh, Johnny, I, I don't really understand um, your business structure so much, but you're kind of self-employed, right? Yeah, it's, it's, that's what it is. Basically, the this tattoo studio is a storefront where there's a client manager who takes the phone calls and the right. emails and then sends them to different people. That's kind of right. like the hub. And then basically I go, I talk to a client and then... I, I give a portion of what I make to the right. to the house for them taking care of that end of the of the book. Yeah, so so that that's how you have that business, Dave. You you have you know your business, Mike. You have a business that's probably in some ways similar to Johnny's because you're a business within a business, right? So so you know from one hand it's like well I don't have to listen to anybody, but yet on the flip side, I mean you know the argument could be said. And actually, you, you have more at stake because you can be like, well, I, if I share my faith, I could lose customers. I could lose, you know, I don't want to offend somebody because they're they're going to come to me. And, and and I'm not saying that you guys do that because I know where, where you guys stand, but I'm just saying like, this is the world that we live in where it's like, well, you know, even if I'm a Christian business owner, it's like, 
and really worship the almighty dollar more than this. And I don't want to do anything that would, you know, jeopardize, you know, my, my, my business and my influence. And I know all of you have, have leveraged your business and your influence for, for the kingdom and have invited people and talked to people and shared with, with faith. But that, that takes deliberate intention on, on your part. Whereas it's, it's super easy just to be like, you know what? Like, forget a boss telling me not to. I don't want to because I don't want to alienate my clientele or whatever, you know. Yeah, I would, I would have to confirm that, it's Judah, you know, early on, no. But this study group, uh, again, not that I didn't read the Bible when I was younger because I told you I did. But this group has caused me to do that even more in my <clears throat> later years here in, in my position here of being a, a sole proprietor by myself. Now I have a partner, but he's extremely Christian, too. Uh, and uh, you know, Bible-based, and I, f I found myself, I find myself, yeah, a lot of people start talking, and they mention something, and it, and it just keys me, even when I'm renting properties, I think I mentioned it to you, and, and I am, I, I have no problem saying, so I think to myself, I, when I come in here, I say, you know, I'm, am I doing this enough, and I don't think that I am, but if I look back on it, I am doing a lot more than I did. I'm telling everywhere that I go, I'm, I, you know, people bring up something and I am going at, maybe I'm not as uh, vocal in starting it, but, but people know who I'm somebody, I, I put the, um, you know, I put the Thrive signs in yeah. this here, you know, from over there. And, and people say, people walk by, look at Thrive. Some people were here this morning. I walked out, I go, I said, no, this is not the church. I go, but if there is one in Terryville and Torrington and New Britain, but I said, we, <laughs> we do have a Bible study in here. And I've shared that with a lot of people. But I, I want to, another answer that I, you know, and I'm trying to think of answers for my own question that I brought up to you guys about why we're not like the early believers. And, and I, I want to point you to, uh, what chapter is this? Chapter, chapter four. In in the segment that I, I focused on a lot this past week was chapter four, verses twenty three to thirty one. And and my subtitle is the believers pray for courage, and that's my answer. Pray. So this is the first time they were before the council. And, and just up above uh, in, in, in chapter 4, verse 19, Peter says, do you think, we, we talked about this last week, do you think God wants us to obey you rather than him? <laughs> we cannot stop telling everything about everything we have seen and heard. So the council threatens them and they go on their way. Now, here's third 23. As soon as they were freed, Peter and John returned to the other believer, believers and told uh, what the leading priests and elders had said to them. When they heard the report, all the believers, and I highlighted this, listen to this, lifted their voice together in prayer mm. to God. There's one of the answers. That is the answer. They lifted their voices together. Oh, sovereign Lord, creator of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them, you spoke long ago by the Holy Spirit through your ancestor David, your servant saying, and now he's quoting, Luke, he's quoting Psalm 2, 1, chapter two, uh, 2, verse 1 and 2. Why were the nations so angry? Why did they waste their time with futile plans? The kings of the earth prepared for battle. The rulers gathered together against the Lord mm. and against his Messiah. So they pray, they go on praying, and I want to go to the end. You can, anybody listening, anybody here could read this whole section. 31. After this prayer, after they acknowledge God's sovereignty, after they petition the divine in Jesus's name, after all of this, the meeting place shook and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. 
Then they preached the word of God with boldness. So they had visible signs of, of, of God's glory, of God's greatness, uh, of, of their uh, prayer. And then they went out and did it again. So I'm thinking this is the answer. We talk about prayer all the time. And here it is. They go back. They said what happened. To them. Yeah, they just did this to it. They did this. They told us not to do this. And everybody just says, okay, let's pray. And they all pray. I mean, I think that's fabulous. Then, I don't know what you guys and then, think. And then, were, yeah. and then they were filled with the Holy Spirit. They're filled so, with the Holy Spirit. So, so on the Holy Spirit thing, my verse of the day comes out of Luke chapter 11, 13, and this is totally a great segue, right? Mm. Therefore, although you who are evil know how to give your good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father from he heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So you need only draw near to God for him to draw near to you. You need only to ask him for the Holy Spirit, and he'll give it to you. Come to him with a humble heart, right? And just approach him and ask for it. Ask to be filled with it. And he'll, he'll, he's a good father. He'll give it to you. Yeah. So that's what's so important is when you're full of the Holy Spirit, you are well equipped to go out and do the work of the kingdom. You are well equipped to go out and do the Great Commission. Think about this. As we're reading the book of Acts, it hadn't been written yet. There's no New Testament. And, and the only one who seemed to be educated out of them in, in regards to the scriptures was Saul of Tarsus, St. Paul. M many of the other ones, I mean, Stephen, he was prompted by the Holy Spirit with his retort in chapter 7, which again, we're going to get to. But just think like, we are the most well-equipped Christians the world has ever seen. We live in a first world country where we have freedom of speech and freedom of religion, right? We have the entirety of the 66 canonical books of, of the scriptures, and it's an open book test. We have fellowships scattered all throughout America, right? Canada, Mexico, where we could just go into our neighboring church and just have brothers and sisters in, in Christ. And it's like, we're like the Navy SEALs of the Great Commission right now. Yeah. We're like the, the military special forces. And it's like, are we going out thinking, what's my mission for the day? Right. Are, are we using scripture and prayer as the disciples that hear to empower ourselves because that's what happened if, if that, that those verses 23 to 31 you see the early believers the disciples the apostles they are empowered for their mission by prayer of course they, they are, pray yeah, together yeah. they're pray empowered by prayer and there's another thing that i that i that i pick up in here and i'm sure y'all did too when you think about all these people and they keep telling you yeah, there were five thousand believers there's three thousand more there's that they just can't what was going on they were all um they were uh, I don't know, the group seemed to me to be marked by a unity. They all had a unity together, a unity uh, thanksgiving. They all gave thanksgiving to each other, and, and they all praised God. Yeah. They prayed. Well, the point I'm making is that, like, we're very well equipped to do that through yeah. fellowship, through prayer, all these things. Well, well, here's the thing, right? So I saw this. This came up on my social media, and I had to just stop and take notes. So in my notes, I put, start carrying around a real book Bible, like an analog paper Bible, yeah. right? And this is what the pastor was saying. And he was pretty animated and funny, but he said, what would happen if you carried around a real Bible just like you do your phone? What would happen if you scrolled through the pages of your Bible over and over throughout the day? What would happen if you read your Bible as much or more as you read your phone? What would happen if you left your house in the morning and forgot your Bible? Er, turn around, go back and get it because without you can't live without your phone, yeah. right? And then, and then, yeah, and, and then he says, wouldn't it be great if you had the same, ah, I left my Bible at home moment in the car, right? And what if you received messages from your paper Bible? Messages from who? Who do you think from God directly to you? Direct text messages straight to you, right? <laughs> yeah. And then and then he goes on to say this, right? Um, what if during an emergency, it's the first place you turn? And you know what's even better about your analog Bible? 
You never get disconnected, right? And then he said, and the bill has been paid. It's been paid in full, right? So your Bible is so, so, so much better than your phone, yet most people don't care about their Bible. It's all about their phone. So that would be my challenge I'm issuing. I'm going to start carrying a scroll, though. I'm going to be Do it. even more <laughs> spiritual than that. I'm going to get scrolls, all 66 of them, and I'm going to carry a backpack. Yeah, all yeah. papyrus. <laughs> but, but here's the thing. There's no excuse for you to not, maybe you don't, you don't carry around a giant, you know, hardcover Bible, but there's no excuse for, for you to not be in your Bible as much or more as you're in your phone. And, and that's the point of this, this whole message. So my challenge to everybody is, if you're in Christ enough to be listening to this podcast, or you're curious enough about God to be listening to this podcast, go out and read your Bible. Even just a verse a day makes all the difference. That's how I got started. We, we have challenged people to do that in the yeah. past year, so I appreciate you reiterating that, Johnny. We've said, you know, read the Bible. Judah's done it with the 555. Just spend, you know, just spend five minutes at read one verse. And in, in, as an example, I'm, I try to do that every day. I, I, I'm not perfect. Please don't get the wrong impression. But I do have a Bible, a smaller one, uh, as opposed to this big hardcover one uh, on my bookcase, and it's always open, and so it's right next to my desk, so I get a chance to read it. Do I carry it around me every day? No, but I think I might take you up on that challenge, Johnny. And I've left my phone at home, and I haven't turned around to get it because I don't care about it that much. On the other hand, you know, my wife is still hooked to it, so we're driving. We say, i got to go back and get my phone, and I wouldn't let her do it. We were going to Torrington the other day to see a show yesterday, a Sunday. And I said, you don't need your phone. I said, you don't. She goes, I need to have it. I need to have it. No, you don't. So uh, we just drove. I says, we're not that far you away guys, from home. Listen, I go, you two are not, stronger than anybody else I, I go, know. Because, I go, you're not getting your phone. I said, yeah. you can use mine if you need it. But. Yeah. And, and you, you think of it like I do. Like, we're already out. One of us has our phone. If there's an emergency, we're good. We got it. I, I wasn't going back. But anyway. So, Michael, I'd like to pick your brain. What do you got for us? It's Mike's corner. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, to be honest with you, I actually do read a paper Bible. I actually have three of them. I have one that I leave in my car. I have one in my bathroom. And um, and then I have uh, the one Dave gave me. That one's at home in my bedroom right now. Today actually marks one year of actually reading my Bible. Every, Let's go. That's every, what I'm talking every, about. Every Let's go, day. dude. Yeah. Awesome, dude. Um, and uh, the... Uh, yeah, the Bible in the bathroom definitely helped with that. Because every, <laughs> every single morning I'd get there and I actually have it open to uh, to either Psalm 25 and Psalm 51. I've been going to Thrive Church for about seven years now. Um, I was bouncing around and trying to read all sorts of stuff. And uh, for the first six months starting June 13th of last year, I just started reading just one psalm. And I literally just read that every day in the bathroom. Um, psalm 50, or well, it was supposed to be Psalm 51. And uh, the guy that told me Psalm 51, I actually misheard and I started reading Psalm 25. Um, so for the first three months, it was Psalm 25. For the next three months, it was Psalm 51. And then uh, from that point on, about six months later, I started doing Judah's 555 challenge and started kind of spreading out from there. And at the beginning of this year, started with this podcast. So um, at this point, I've read through the end of Luke. Um, I should go back to the beginning of Luke. It's beautiful. And, uh, you know, see what I missed. But when I started with this podcast, we yeah. started at uh, Luke 19 through yeah. 25. And uh, now we're in Acts. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Today, today marks one year of actually awesome. reading my Bible. I've known you for a while. Um, I know we all have. In the last year, I've seen transformation in you that I haven't seen in, in, in the, I don't know how many years, this prior six years combined. 
you know, and that's where there is power. There's power there. You know, God's word is full of living power, sharper than the sharpest knife. And I know there's been a lot that you've gone through and a lot that you've, you know, been doing, but it's like, even you look at the fruit of, of inviting people to church and people getting involved and coming in and, you know, whatever else. And, uh, and I think that that's, you know, it's, it's not to, to, to toot your horn, but just sometimes it's, it's hard for us to see the, the transformation and the change. Cause you're like in it and it's like watching your kid grow up, you know, it's like, you don't see your kid grow up, but when you see somebody else's kid that you haven't seen in a year, you say, Oh, wow. You, you know, you've really grown up. I'm like, I don't I didn't even notice. So, you know, in that two year or in that one year, I would say, you know, there's been, it's, it's been obvious the, the transformation and, um, the growth that's taken place. So Thank you. He, who, he who started a good work and you will see it through to completion. Yeah, so, see, yeah. so, so, so think about that, how you came to thrive and how, your circumstances, that was where the seed was planted. And it took that many seasons of you going there for you to eventually go from that seed to the first breaking through of the, the, the shell, mm-hmm. to fighting your way through the ground, to emerging to get that, that ray of, of sunlight, right? Mm-hmm. And look at you now, you're filling up whole rows, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, let's, uh, let's, let's wrap up. Uh, here and uh, we'll pick back up uh, next week uh, as we're continuing to read this and and again I think there's just there's so much so much good in here and this is the obviously the beginning of the early church but it's like we are still kind of in these these days yeah things have changed and twisted and we've got technology now but man it's just it's just like with the technology how much more potential do we have to even share our faith than we've ever had before you know, it, it's it's astounding. I mean, it's like we've got the capability to really preach around the world um, without even leaving our own homes. Whereas back then, I mean, they were actually now as a result, we, you know, we can become, you know, still lazy and lackadaisical and whatever with that as well. But God has just given us so much potential. And so so my prayer for myself and, and as well as for all of us is that God gives us courage and opportunities to uh, to share our faith, you know, well, even week. what we're doing here, like this would be impossible. I mean, like right. we we maybe have a meeting and somebody might take the notes of the meeting and then maybe publish that. Yeah, you know, that would be like the closest. Maybe. Yeah. So I mean, so so it, it's just uh, I think that we we just we steward that and uh, and also anyhow we'll pick back up next week uh, Acts uh, one through seven so. Well, we hope that you enjoyed our discussion today on the Thriving in the Word podcast. We invite you to leave a rating or a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. Also consider sharing it on social media. We can't wait to be back together with you at the Thriving in the Word podcast.